You're listening to DC on Screen. On this episode, we say goodbye to Arlene Sorkin, talk about the Blue Beetle box office, discuss whether or not James Gunn is a dirty liar, or if everyone's overreacting, and what we think about his alleged 11-year-old comments that he didn't like Tim Burton's Batman or Chris Nolan's first two Dark Knight films. We also have an update on the air cut and Superman Legacy and so much more. A lot on the plate this week, right after these words from our mystery sponsors. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm surprised we got that far because for a second when you were like, where we say goodbye. I was like, oh shit, we ended the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, no one told me. I guess we'll check out. Yeah. Welcome into DC on Screen, the podcast bringing you news and reviews of the DC multiverse on film and television since 2015. I'm David C. Robertson. This is Jason Goss. Hello. <laughs> Are we doing an accent today? I don't know. We were just talking about it. We were. We were. I went we really straight should... Mary Poppins with hello. Yeah. We really should start doing our warm-ups again for, for Patreon. Oh, they are kind of fun. Because we have like a good 15 to 20 minutes usually of just us saying bullshit. Just fucking around. Yeah. Oh, man. Everyone uh, missed all of our terrible jokes about accents. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so accents that what? we could do half correctly on a good day. <laughs> right. I've been binging uh, Good Omens, so mm-hmm. I've been very into, you know, whatever the hell uh, Shadwell, Michael McKean's character, was doing in that in that show. Yeah. Like, away from me, Hallett. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do love that, because you can break so free on that. Just like, you go straight like Monty Python, Holy Grail, peasant uh-huh. with that kind of shit. <laughs> You don't have to hit any real notes. Just, oh, I'll get off of my then, you know? Yeah. No one's going to be able to criticize you. Fuck it. They were all dead 600 years ago. What are you, fact check me? Yeah. I, I just love the bit where he's like handing Jack Whitehall like all of his witch finder bullshit. And he like mm. hands him this pin. And he goes like, don't forget your pin. He's like, a pin? And he's like, uh, he's like, the pin is the witch finder's bayonet or some bullshit. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> very fitting for the book on his character man <laughs> it just is yeah uh, i have yeah. a thumbtack a scrap of paper and a bowl of soup and i shall fight the witches with it okay <laughs> don't forget your candle it's chunkier soup than normal all right buddy <laughs> got this you want a tums yes please thank you okay. <laughs> witchcraft <laughs> 
and I love like Aziraphale's in that is so proper, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you have like the the tenant version that's just it's Scottish as hell, but it's also got like the it, he it felt like he's Scottish as hell, but he's also been doing English roles for so long that he just kind of does English at moments. It, it, I don't know. I love listening to him talk in general because God, he just kind of can bounce wherever he wants to with with stuff when he just gets put in like, hey, you're just you're just Northern European, man. Just make it work. We're going to love you. And like, fucking I do. <laughs> yeah. Fucking do love him. Yep. This is a fantastic show. Um, speaking of shows that uh, could be fantastic, mm-hmm. but aren't. Mm-hmm. We, uh, this is episode 699. Mm-hmm. So we are ending the show as you. Next, next week is 700. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I don't either, actually. That's a good point. Like, I feel like we should be like, you know, we have, we had 700 episodes or a hundred episodes from the last hundred mark to mm-hmm. figure out what we were going to do with this show on a, on number 700. And and I still don't know. This is 699. And I'm like, ah. I mean, that's largely a lack of uh, forethought. Right. So, um, you know, funny enough, it's not like it snuck up on us. The, the hundred snuck up on us more in the early days doing reviews for every episode. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Th- this we've had time for, and if anything, that's why it snuck up on us. That little bitch hid in the bushes for a little bit longer than we were expecting. Yeah, it's the little man from the draft board from the old Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. Thing. I've well, got plenty of time to get to 700. Little fucker. You get complacent. That's what happened. <gasps> it's the little man from the draft board. <laughs> Hello. Um. <laughs> we'll have to try to do something a little more fun than normal. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Um <laughs> it's fine we'll just delay the episode for two months till we figure out oh god no we won't you well, sure yeah i'm, I'm perfectly yeah, sure great uh, you know i don't know what we're gonna be doing on news i don't know if we're gonna if we should just push that aside we'll figure something out uh it might be a normal episode hell i don't know hmm. but um i don't know send us some feedback what do you think we should do <laughs> do it quickly um, so we have time to plan if you're right yes please god do it quickly and uh so you want to get in the news Knock it just, out. Just, just slip it on, on in there. Uh, I mean, I, I do, and also I know what the news is, so I kind of don't. But yes, let's, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It, this was a shock to me, and it bummed me out for the rest of the night and uh, most of the next day. Uh, Arlene Sorkin, who originated the voice of Harley Quinn on Batman the Animated Series, she was also the inspiration for Harley Quinn. Uh, she's passed away. Um, looks like it was complications from multiple scler- uh, sclerosis. I can't even say the word. She was uh, 67, and uh, it is she voiced Harley Quinn from 1992 to 2011, and then like a stint before that, before we realized that was what it was going to be for just just a moment. Like that, when you say inspired the character, like damn, yeah, it, because Paul Dini got his inspiration for Harley. Uh, from watching his friend Arlene Sorkin play Calliope Jones in Days of Our Lives. And there's this dream sequence where she's like dressed up like a Harlequin. And uh, and, and that's what the inspiration was. And she was just Joker's henchwinch in the, in, this, in the first script. She was supposed to be a one-off character. And according to Hamill, Mark Hamill. like liked that first version. She killed it. Yep. Yeah, the, uh, they saw her performance. They were knocked out by it. And uh, a legend was born. I mean, she's almost, Harley's almost got Arlene's namesake. Her name's Harlene, for God's yeah. sake. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, that, that her choices with 
that character before it was even a character, like when it was an ambiguous uh, a thing that she was doing for some shit, she probably had about two hours to plan with, if we're being honest, because that was a soap opera. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It it just sort of came out of her in a way that I'm very grateful for, because like it 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 was a force of nature how it came out and what came after it. Like no one could deny it. It it was incredible. We're all better for it. I'm looking at four pictures on my fucking wall right now of Harley. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what I was thinking, not to take anything at all away from Arlene Sorkin, but it's funny that, you know, the company she was in during those days of days of our lives, because she was playing with John Delancey, like, <laughs> yeah, he was like one of her, one of her main uh, cohorts on that series. And she had a lot of scenes with, with John Delancey, who mm-hmm. went on to play Q in Star Trek The Next Generation, just very well known for just antics and, and, you know. Uh, a chaos agent jokes and fun and and uh you can look back and there there are stories throughout the years of both of them talking about having so much fun with each other on that show so uh yeah man it's it's a real bummer to uh say bye to her <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, it's not a, not a lot to say about it other than that yeah that sucks i'm glad you did what you did hope she's all absolutely. right absolutely right yeah absolutely and uh i'm gonna try to move this on to other things and hopefully have a little more fun on the show because I don't want to be sad the entire episode. I think it would be a detriment to her if we didn't. I think you're right. All right. So uh, blue beetle update on the box office. Uh, <laughs> they got a 40, 46.3 million domestically and we're at 81.8 million worldwide. They didn't do a huge dip. There wasn't a huge dip. It was something like 40, 45% of uh, what I'm reading. And uh, it's not doing like gangbusters, but it's kind of got legs, which is interesting. And a, a number of uh, of sites are actually posting these reports that their current projections, if they get even like the absolute low end of those estimates of $140 million, it's being projected for 140 or 170 million, somewhere in between there. If it hits the low end, it will surpass Shazam Fury of the Gods. <laughs> That's funny. So it's, I mean, it will, you know, fall short of the flash. But what's interesting, though, about all of these things. I mean, those legs are interesting alone. Absolutely. And we know that it hasn't, it hasn't opened in Australia yet. It hasn't opened, I guess, in New Zealand yet, from what I understand. Uh, those I mean, theater like owners are, yeah. But there are still territories who are, like, pushing it back for the break. And it's also funny, like my, uh, our friend Pud uh, over on X, I guess, (laughs) pointed out, uh, that all of this money they're making in the box office is bonus money. He says, once it's on max, as it was originally intended to be, the narrative should change to how it's an entertaining film. The barrier to entry was supposed to be streaming for most folks. It will be. That's a good point that I had not considered. I mean, it is the only thing that's, Different about that is it doesn't show monetization figures. Like, it doesn't no. show how much money it made. We kind of have to assume, based on a bunch of black boxes that no one can see in there. We Yeah, we have to assume, and that sucks to some degree. On the other hand, I, I kind of think streaming numbers and box office should all be private, just so we don't have any more of these freaking bullshit clickbait articles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know we talked about it, um, I guess at my house, but... <laughs> <laughs> the point was, um, it. I kind of wouldn't mind if it was your version where we just don't see anything. If we're going to do this, uh, you know, I guess just we'll just all live in the hype world and yeah. uh, 
uh, Google Trends is the best we can do to track how anything's going on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, or who's been fired. But um, it, it does feel so after the fact. Like, I would like to have more information. Same time, I don't know if a lot of the media that we follow or track or just, how to put it, uh, deal with would be a nice way of putting it. Could handle such a thing as having all the figures. Yeah. The Doomsday articles would be off the fucking chain. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't want them to have that power. I don't either. That's the uh, freedom of the press has become a real thorn in my side from time to time with this DC, with this DC stuff. Because it's just like, they, they you know, oh, I heard you it's not going to do well. Founding Fathers thing. Yep, and freedom of the press, except for hot takes. No hot takes. No well, hot that's takes. What su- that's what it's supposed wolf. to be. That's what it's supposed to be. Like, don't, you know, just report it fairly and evenly. A true no-spin zone. Uh, and that's just not what we ever get. Oh, sweetie, we left that a while back now. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Them times is long forgotten, and I'm not sure my brain isn't spinning it They're just the same as these bastards are now. I know, like, you know, I remember a meme from a few years ago, so it was like a screenshot of um, some website reporting that uh, Katy Perry and followed Russell Brand on Twitter or some shit. It was said RIP journalism, and I was like... Oh no, baby. We we they've been sodomizing that corpse for quite a while. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but if that was a headline, at least it's like a thing you can fact check. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Even yes, that's it, better than normal. It appears that yes, indeed, she did unfold. No, <laughs> who gives a shit? I get mad at Variety all the time now. Well, I mean, a lot of things with Variety right now, but I get mad at like what we're supposed to be—the ones we could trust with uh, media news before this last little stint, but I've generally been mad with a lot of the stuff I see reposted from variety. That's like, Oh, this universe is dead. Dude, that's your take. You're doing op-eds now. You're not fucking doing journalism. Mm hmm. Yeah. And there are several that are just kind of like, uh, I'll kind of look at it and see what I think. But most of the time you can kind of guess which way they're going with it. Because there honestly, are. we don't know. Like Blue Beetle, like people are pointing out, like, oh, it's gonna go make so much less than the Flash. Well, the Flash, well, that's fine, but their budget was like two hundred million, two hundred twenty million, something like that. May have been higher. Blue Beetle was one hundred and four million. That's a vast difference. Like, I I can do percentages, and I'm telling you, it's at least more than three. <laughs> Downwards, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, very different ballpark, very different game, and. I don't know. The comparisons are weird and unfair and strange. and I just don't know what to do with them sometimes. Thankfully, it does seem like that we're starting to move away from this. If it doesn't make a billion dollars, it's a flop thing. Oh, that would be nice. If we could actually, you know, consider the fine points to some extent, that'd be fantastic. I'm like, Marvel's not making a, a billion dollars anymore. It's not. And, but, oh, but by the way, the same op-eds that I'm bitching about are, well, that's because the universe is failing now. Like we're, mm-hmm. it's over. Marvel's over. Count it out. TKO, dude. Right. <laughs> but like we, in in my head, and I'm probably wrong about this historically, but in my head we had a moment with the Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. Uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah. Where like we could have made that moment something where everyone took in all the particulars as something that should be considered and write, you know, write thoughtful articles and it just didn't happen that way. Just, just to put it briefly, did not happen that way. Yeah. And now, you know, same actress goes out and makes a billion dollars with a giant ass pink movie and everyone wants to talk about all the fine points and bring it down. Yeah. Like, God damn it. <laughs> she, 
like she shouldn't have been able to make that much money because y'all don't like the film, but then she should have been able to. So she failed. What the? F- there's there's no there's no squaring the circle. Yeah, that is a perfect example of why you shouldn't trust these people because Barbie was clearly a ginormous success, goddamn like fucking hit. There's no way around it. Yeah, if you tried and, to fight these numbers, they will beat you in the billions. And if you know. I'm sorry. You can look down at your shriveled dick and feel insecure about it and blast about a movie online, but the movie made bank. But the movie made bank. Yeah, Blue Beetle beat it when it came out. But Barbie had been out for a month. Yeah. (laughs) And it just barely beat it. It had legs before Blue Beetle had legs. (laughs) (laughs) These things... uh, uh, it's lack of context, man. It's just lack of context. That's and then like this this Blue Beetle second week, Barbie was back in in front of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I want a Blue Beetle to do well too. I don't not not at the expense of Barbie. I don't. You know, it looked like a perfectly fine movie. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, I don't like going to theaters unless I have to. And by have to, I mean I'm got to do a review for the show. <laughs> Yeah. I don't enjoy the theater experience. I like to pause. I like to pee. I do like both those things. I like to grab a snack from time to time. Did I saw you? Uh, did I tell you we saw the Haunted Mansion? Oh no! Um, which, by the way, better than the reviews. It's it's a perfectly serviceable movie. It's just not gonna you know knock your dick in the dirt. But right. like the uh, part that really cracked me up about it, and it was fitting. We went went to you know one of these theaters where you actually have like a recliner. Uh huh. And uh, sounds swanky. Yeah. Only thing I could have asked for was a draft beer that I didn't have. It was it was pretty great. Hmm. But power went out. Oh. Somewhere at like, like 35, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we spent about 15 minutes just kinda like you know, looking around, hanging out with all the kids there, and I kinda had a kinda had to, like an idea in my head that about the twenty minute mark we're gonna go talk about for reals or, or is this gonna back on or do we need to wrangle this little cabal of kids that has formed? Uh-huh. And I mean, we, we brought a triumvirate. It had turned into a cabal. And at some point in like the, it felt like the, like the last day of school vibe uh-huh. where it just, no one cares. The teachers are barely paying attention and you just, you're a little bit of a Lord of the Flies vibe too. You know, like the kids mm-hmm. are just doing their fucking thing and I'm going to have to try to ring the, wrangle this in at some point. And I was kind of just keeping an eye on the timing to try to tap out of that. But I, I realized at that moment, like, I mean, it's, it's nice to be doing that and worrying about this in a recliner. It was very, uh, very comfortable. But I've never actually been in one where it actually just straight cut out for 20 minutes. I think I have. I, it was a little weird for Haunted Mansion because I was always, I, I was already trying to, like, comfort a kid about, yeah. like, no, it's not real, baby. It's it's cool. It's fine. But it's surreal. <clears throat> Slightly surreal. What was yours? Yeah. What was mine? <laughs> You're going to play Ghostbusters. Of- no, it was made in Manhattan. Actually, oh, yeah. honestly, that was <laughs> much scarier. <laughs> it was an all right movie. <laughs> you know, it's just a charming chick flick. I don't know. It was back back in the days where I would just, you know, I I was in college, and if I had a day off, I would just go to a damn movie, dude. Like that's what I did. Yeah. Um, pay my four bucks or whatever it was. <laughs> Probably four fifty or so at the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Go to a movie. Late 1800s when we were all in college. Right. Come out and go to the Jade Palace and grab some some Chinese food. Like mm-hmm. that's, Another that's, that was, 350 <laughs> Yeah, 5 or $6. Yeah, that was my day. Yeah. 
Um, spend the rest of the day laying on my bed, eating Chinese food and watching Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> the dream. Absolutely. That was the dream. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so this, uh, this guy on Twitter, Syllab, uh, Syllab says, Ben Affleck had a voiceover cameo for Blue Beetle movie that was cut by gun. That was purely comedic, but it placed Blue Beetle in the Batfleck continuity. James Gunn responded, I've never heard of a Ben Affleck voice cameo in Beetle, nor has Peter, much less cut one. I never heard of one because one never existed. Just <laughs> ask the producers. So there's that. I, he 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 would have been well equipped to step in and correct it one way or the other, but before such a thing was said, if we were to take him at his word, he had nothing to fucking do with this movie. Yeah, seems like it. That that was almost verbatim what he said before the fuck before the advertising started. And the director Soto says the same thing. He said they didn't do anything with it. Of course, they might just be saying that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah. Like we could at all points not be getting the whole story, but Flash, Blue yeah. Beetle, the same same prescription for both of them for Gun. Like he had no input. They were oh. already so made that it was mm, a thing. No. That's not true about the Flash. He definitely had stuff to do with the Flash. I'm sorry, sorry, sir. You you are right. He cut some stuff. Oh yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, he had no input on making the damn thing. I mean, My the, bad. the end of it, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, <laughs> Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom. Uh, reports are saying they're going to keep their release date. A lot of movies at Warner Brothers have been pushed back to sort of fill out things for the coming year with the strike going on. But yeah, everyone's like shocked that Aquaman and Lost Kingdom is keeping their date. And I'm like, they want to get this done. They want the DCEU done. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it just shove through. Uh, but also like, it's it's writers and screen actors. I mean, like, how much how much more is to do with it? Like, we're, they're deep into post. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie's probably been canned for a minute, frankly. Mm, I don't know. I think they're still probably doing post on it a little bit but who knows who knows it's not like late august so i we know. haven't even gotten a trailer for it shit happens right up to the last minute i know but why haven't saying. we gotten a trailer for it for god's sake uh, that part yeah i get something's going on there it's i know james one houses apparently don't seem to care about that as far as the uh, yeah. strikes go yeah uh james like we know james one was in the hospital recently for some sort of some sort of issue, I don't, I know, I don't think I ever saw what that was, but um, I don't know. Moving on to Superman Legacy, did you see that James Gunn shared a photo of the art department's mascot dog dressed in a Superman cape? No, it was cute. That sounds adorable. It yeah, it was. But of note, in the background. <laughs> There were classic comic book there were uh, covers uh, on the wall, <laughs> and what we could see was Superman: The Legend Returns, a 1988 poster commemorating the 50th anniversary of the Man of Steel, and Superman Volume One, 712, a 2011 issue titled "Lost Boy: A Tale of Crypto the Superdog," and Crypto's first appearance in 1955's Adventure Comics 210, which was the introduction of Crypto. So, hmm. uh, kind of starting to see more and more like cryptos in Superman Legacy, man. Yeah. You're making me very happy with those references, frankly. <laughs> Gotta love crypto. Uh, going on in with uh, Superman Legacy here. Someone on threads said, James, don't you think there 
or too many characters in Superman Legacy. I just feel like there won't be much time for Superman himself. And James Gunn responded, I do not understand this fear. There are less characters than in 40-year-old version. Did you think Steve Carell got enough time? (laughs) All right, two questions. Is that the first time you've ever referenced threads on the show? I don't think so, no. Okay, I'm just curious. It may be on the come up, but it's it's new to me. Yeah. Two, like, oh, God, he could have picked 100 references, but all valid. Mm-hmm. You see all these fucking character comedies all the time with, you know, 30 cast members. And then you see these giant productions where, like, really the core cast is about nine people. Yeah. And incidentals past that that cost, I don't know, 50 bucks a day or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, ridiculous low amounts of money. I saw him post this, and I went, ah, oh, God. And fully expecting. I can't believe, I cannot believe I haven't seen it yet. I headlined this like, James Gunn teases that Superman Legacy is going to be Superman sitting around a table with a bunch of his other superheroes talking about pussy. You know, like something like that. Like, <laughs> oh, they're just going to repost the original criticisms of Kevin Smith's versions of Superman? Oh, just a bunch yeah, of people maybe. fucking talking the whole time. No action. Uh-huh. I haven't read it and don't know anything about it, but. But it feels like something you do. I watched All Clerks right. and there wasn't one single punch. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a punch. But there's definitely some they action. scuffled. Yeah, they scuffled. Randall and uh, and and Dante had a bit of a tussle around the store. They did. I was referring then, more to the bathroom situation with the action. Oh. <laughs> uh huh. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So, um, I've been seeing it all over uh, Twitter and all or X, whatever. A lot of people. You're just gonna stumble over these terms until Dude, everything know. settles, and I, I I feel very bad for you on this. I know. I don't. I, I feel I don't stupid to, saying X. I don't know how to advise you. I don't. I don't know what what I would tell you to do differently. Like, yeah, X sounds stupid. I don't know if it'll even stick. Maybe I'll just call it Twix. Twix will be good. <laughs> We're gonna anyway. get hits from Nestle, a cease and desist from Nestle eventually. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. That little treat. I haven't seen it much on threads at all, but Facebook and Twix, <laughs> man, so many people, James Gunn is a liar. James Gunn is a liar. James Gunn is a, is a liar. All right. So this, he said a thing earlier, a couple weeks ago, this week, something like that. And, uh, someone had asked him if his young Superman movie is set in the past. And Gunn said, I was never making a young Superman movie, just a Superman movie. And this ignited or reignited all these claims that Gunn is a liar. Now, the reason they're saying that, and the thing they keep showing, 
is that Gunn in December said, in the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. You can have a younger Superman than Cavill and it not be a young Superman movie. We're not making Smallville. He's not making Smallville. I, I get I get the questions. Like, young is a relative term. He did say it was a younger version than him. Mm-hmm. And, like, Cavill's Superman in this uh, is pretty uh, uh, famously, like, 33-ish. Yeah. Uh, at least for current version. But then even then, you know, even then it's got the earlier versions. I've, I've seen him, right. you know, eight and infamously zero. Like, he's been... He's been different days and saying that someone's younger just means that it's, it's younger than that date. I, I, I don't know from mm-hmm. that either. I don't know how much I'd criticize the interpretation. Yeah. I don't see a problem here. I don't see a lie here. Not a lie it's by just, any stretch. I, I, I mean, I get taking it too far in the interpretation though, for sure. Yeah. Is like, people are going crazy with this. Like, cause he didn't say, he never said that he was making young Superman. He never did. He said, it's just not the same age as Cavill, which if you see Cavill, He's clearly aged since Man of Steel when he was 30 years old, by the way, the same age as the guy that Gunn just hired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Who will, like, of course, look 21 because that's Cav- how these things work. Yeah, Cavill looks 40. He's, look, I mean, I'm I, not denigrating the no, guy, but he's point, clearly, yeah. his hairline is receding like hell. You can see it. Like, I'm not, I'm is a bald man myself. I get it. Mm. I haven't seen uh, that. Yeah, go go back and look. Uh, go, yeah, I, I'm kind of looking back to my memory of Man of Steel, and I, I don't disagree with you necessarily. But yeah, I'm not. Look, I'm not saying they can't fix it. I can't, I'm not saying that they. You know, he could never come back and be Superman again. Even like what Gunn is saying here in the initial stages. Okay, well that leaves a lot of room to wiggle. But I kind of honestly think. He could not have chosen Henry Cavill because Henry Cavill will forever be Zack Snyder's Superman. That I think that was my major point when the news changed. Uh, well, my major point was how sad I was. But my mm-hmm. major point about justifying it is you're going to commit to this if you do it. Yeah. There is no fresh start. There's no like, you're not going to be able to be like, well, we'll get Henry Cavill. And then be like, but I've always wanted this kind of person for Lois and then recast Amy Adams. You can't recast Amy Adams. If you have Henry Cavill. No, if you, you can't, I think ultimately if you have Henry Cavill, the rest of the cast has to be there. You're spending millions of dollars per movie just to have the cast there. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's no turning back. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, he, and that's he was stuck thing. on that. And I always had a lot of sympathy for him on that. As far as the decision, hard as it yep. was to hear for me. Cause I would love to see it. I would too. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> The other part, like another thing that people say he lied about is, you know, when he announced the slate, he had said that Ben Affleck was in talks with them about their universe. Mm -hmm. And then like a month later, Ben Affleck came out and said like, oh yeah, no, I'm not going to direct anything with, with, with what they're doing. That's just not what I want to do. That that's not a lie on James Gunn's part. That's they, I mean, clearly based on what Ben said, he knows what they're doing. They had talks. Ben was not interested. End of story. If I was designing a perfect world where, you know, everyone was acting the best they could, I would love to have heard that Gunn knew that he wanted to direct at some point Mm -hmm. in that universe. He knows Mm -hmm. he's a deeply competent director. Yeah. And kind of just put it out there like, hey, you, I know this kind of failed for reasons that weren't under your control. Just putting it out there. Do you want to take another swing at it? Here's what I'm doing. And then 
no, I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the ask, but I, I don't think that fits what I want to do. Cool. That yeah. would be a, uh, like, I don't know, a best actors version of, of those events. Yeah. That, like, and you know, I hope it, it went down like that. But in that interview, Ben, ben Affleck, he didn't just be like, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. He was like, oh man, yeah, James is a great guy. Uh, I just like, I don't want to deal with any like the way they're doing it. Yeah, it was, okay. It was very congenial. I mean, yeah. So look, I'm not like over here. Some truth to what I'm saying, just because the offer got made. Yeah. It didn't have to. Look, I am not dick riding gun. If he's, I mean, you know what? You know, is he a liar? Yes, he is. We all are. Everyone has lied. Everyone has been a hypocrite at some point in their lives. So we're not even going to go down that path. The amount of management like, that I do versus gun in my daily job is minuscule. And uh -huh. the amount of what I do on a daily basis that is lying over 50% of my job. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, genuinely, like that's, that's, that's how this works. Yeah. It's called people management. <laughs> it really just is how management works. There's not a single solitary person on this earth, no matter what they believe about themselves, who actually think they, who, who actually want to know the truth. They think they do. They don't want to know. I mean, in my small case, it's, uh, I'm always dealing with customer employee and owner and all of them have to be told lies at certain times. So mm -hmm. you, you, in his case, it's, it's just a bigger scale of that, including the press, which I fucking thankfully don't have to deal with. And it does feel like he has, he has pulled back a little bit on, on his social media presence. Like, eh, maybe I don't gonna... say, maybe I don't say this, you know, people ask him these questions and nothing can be gained from actually answering. Yeah. He did say he was gonna, and it's not lost to me that he said that slightly after he told Zasloff, no, that's not what I said. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't that long after he basically corrected his boss. Yeah. But I don't know. I, it was fun to see it happen in, you know, lightning round era kind of thing. Mm hmm. Because <laughs> God, I'd love to see it now. Just him on the internet all day going, no, fuck you. Yep. <laughs> or just a little thumbs up emoji. This guy's got it. He's on it. Yep. So here are a few things that Gunn did say. Uh, Someone asked, uh, Joey F. Misfit said, here's a question I think you're more likely to answer given, uh, have you given any thought to the lay of the land of the DCU where the different cities that the heroes operate are on a map? Will they all be right next to each other or spread out across the country like the source material? DC has some of the, some great cities with their own identities. I hope we get to see that. And Gunn says, we are creating an incredibly detailed world map. Here for it. I think that's cool. I like it. I would like to see could it actually. Even a couple of nerds sitting around building a map. I do kind of love that you could put Central City in like Upper Wyoming, and doesn't matter. He gets uh -huh. there. He, he gets there like a second, not a half later. Yep. And I hope Gotham and Metropolis are just like a bay across from each other. That's the one. That's the one I would demand. <laughs> like Snyder got so much shit for that. I'm like, but there are so many comics. That say no, that's it's what canon. It is. It's fucking canon. <laughs> You can see the other one. It, yeah. Like some versions of it move it slightly to the left, I guess. But like, yeah. It, they are definitely like cross harbor. And I, I guess short of that, if we're going to go with anything that I just demand that I, off the top of my head, it's got to be like, yeah, Kandak is going to be like in my head, just slightly, slightly right of Egypt, I guess. Yeah. I mean, even in Batman Forever, when Val Kilmer goes like, oh, you could be halfway to Metropolis by now. Or I thought you'd be halfway to Metropolis by now. How would he have been halfway to Metropolis if it was that damn far away? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Depends on Batman films, man. I mean, 
some things don't make sense. Oh, sure. No. Uh, um, so Batman broke out of that fucking tomb of darkness and he was in Gotham in 20 minutes. I don't know where the hell Bane was raised, <laughs> but he could probably hear the Dark. sirens. <laughs> he did. From, he, he climbed from out of the pit with a bad back. Darkness. All, all land entrances had been blown up. Mm-hmm. No air traffic coming in. He got to Gotham somehow. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Quick. We're talking, about, we're talking about dark Knight rises in case anyone didn't know. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we're not fans. We are not. Now, Come James Gunn. Uh, they they have been coming for James. Uh, look, um, before we get to that, though, <laughs> someone on threads asked or said that they would love to see Chris Pratt and Palm Clementif, uh play themselves in the next season of Peacemaker. And James responded, there are reasons I wouldn't want either of those actors to play themselves in the DCU. I, girl, he's got roles for him. <laughs> there are plans. There are plans. There are plans. He's got stuff going on. Uh, someone asked. <laughs> it ain't what you said, but there are plans. Yeah. Someone asked uh, James which comic book titles or which DC titles does he get every month? And James said, I get all the DC titles. <laughs> That's actually a, that's a, that's a good point. He probably does get every last one of them. Yeah, he, he probably does. What does he uh, read? Uh, what does he get around to? It, Is it a different story? Yeah. He's got, a, he has, he has stacks. Like, There's like only so much do. time today. Um, <laughs> now this is interesting. And I'll, I say he's that as a man who wants to cry every time he looks at the pile of things he hasn't read. I know. <laughs> I know. You know that feeling. I do know that feeling. Um, I just got all the dark crisis stuff and uh, uh-huh. God, I'm so excited. It took me a while to, I'm like two years behind on that. It took me so long to catch up just to be where I need to be to read this. That's cool. Like I'm very excited. Point is I was stressed about getting here. Then I'll read this and then I'll be stressed about what I haven't gotten to after it. Uh-huh. There's so much. I uh, know. I uh, know. But he's presumably being paid to keep up as much as he can. So good for him. Absolutely. So one of the things I really love about, what James Gunn has done since taking over is he has really been uh, pimping out the, the DC comic stuff. Oh, hell yeah. And on August 15th, he posted a bunch of uh, sequential art from uh, Historia and uh, said uh, is a breathtaking work of sequential art. And one of the best things to come out of DC uh, in the past few years. And, uh, and then someone, or then he pointed out later, by the way, this went from the next day, the next day, it, that book, Wonder Woman Historia, went from number 63 to number one in DC books on Amazon. Yeah. That, that is, actually sells out when he posts it. It's incredible. It does. And I love that he does that. I really do. And uh, like, it's deeply inspiring that he's actually putting <clears throat> so much thought into all of these characters and creators and. I mean, God, deep respect for it. Absolutely. But, I don't know. Did he do that for Marvel? Does that mean DC's better after all? <laughs> well, let's talk about this real quick. It's a quick. shitty question that deserves a shitty answer. Uh-huh. All right, so does James Gunn hate Batman? Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> good God. Great follow-up to my shitty question. <laughs> I know, I know. It kind of worked out perfectly. So, someone, probably some angry Snyder fan... Mm-hmm. Went back and we don't look, we don't know. All right. The, the, 
<laughs> the Facebook page that this person grabbed this from uh, does not have the blue check mark. Has a different uh, picture of gun than what his page does. On the other hand, other people are saying like, you know, some people are saying this is fake. Some people are saying, no, he's got two separate accounts. This is his personal account and he does two different ones. Okay, well, look, it doesn't matter to me. But here's what he said. Or here, here's what supposedly James Gunn said 11 years ago. The Tim Burton Batman is poorly written. The soundtrack is the worst work of everyone involved, and it is absolutely one of the most boring films ever. Not only that, but the reveal of the Joker as the killer of Bruce Wayne's parents spits in the face of Batman's origin and is a nullification of the bottomless thirst for vengeance that necessarily drives Batman. It pretends not to be campy, but is completely so. And on top of everything, the dark creature of the night can't even move his fucking neck. Give me a fucking break. It is ridiculous, awful film. Uh, Burton's Planet of the Apes is genius in comparison. Keaton did have a ridiculous voice. That said, I'd rather put up with a ridiculous voice than with horrible action sequences and acting barely worthy of the Batman TV show. I have no idea how you can think that the Burton Batman has more similarities with Moore or Miller's Batman and Joker than Nolan's does. And listen, I have problems with both of Nolan's films. I don't think either one is a classic and I don't, and I don't even really think Batman Begins is good, but they're far superior to the first Batman. None of your defenses get by the fact that despite being the first cinematic dark take on Batman, so what? Stallone's Judge Dredd was the first dark take on Judge Dredd. The movie is awful. <laughs> oh yeah, and Jack Nicholson as the Joker is Jack Nicholson in The Shining with shitty clown makeup. Fuck you, everyone involved with that travesty. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I saw Batman 89 when I was six years Make old. Make sure to put at the end, sincerely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is James Gunn or not. I kind of hope it is. And I'll explain myself. I love Batman 89. I was six years old when I saw that movie in theaters for my birthday. It is the first Batman thing I have ever seen. I know it word by word. I love it unabashedly, but I agree with him. Uh, to that end, that movie is in your soul. But that movie is in my soul. And I get it. But that can also mean that it's not that good. <laughs> yeah. That has nothing to do with it. Like, I love it. I think it's good. It's good to me and my soul. But from an objective point of view, from a comic book fan point of view, that movie gets all the shit wrong in so many ways. And uh, I get it. I get the criticism of that. And I'm on record as not really <laughs> liking Nolan's shit very much. Um, I can for, go back and forth. Like, on, on the one hand, none of that sounds like phrasing that james gunn normally uses so well it was 11 years ago it was know, 11 know, years ago like, so it is james gunn so like I, i'd be dubious but like if i were to find out it was him like it also wouldn't be surprising i could go either way on that well here's why i hope it is true here's why i hope that this is his, his actual like, opinion let's hope this is actually him shitting on everything i love that yeah my take is i hope it is i hope it is him <laughs> because it everything. means <laughs> because no, it, it, it doesn't. One, it doesn't make me dislike, like, dis, you know, suddenly dislike something I love. No, because I, I like the GA take is, or, well, not even GA. It's going to be a bunch of people on Twitter that are like, oh my God, he hates these fucking films. Burn it down. Fire James yeah. Twitter. Uh, the fucking hashtag. And that is. And on the one hand, yeah, cool. I get it. If you don't like the franchises that you came into and inherited, then sure. But I don't think they're even thinking about that as compassionately as I'm conceptualize it right now no they're mostly just like yeah you hate batman fuck you so <laughs> yeah 
Well, no, I what was okay. Well, I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but I don't entirely disagree with your take either. I, I just no, that wording look, doesn't sound like gun, but eh, people change. It people do change. So he might have softened much, but yeah. He might have softened his take. If it is him, he might have softened his take on these films in the last 11 years. God knows. I've changed my my mind on lots of things in that amount of time. Man of Steel. Man of Steel. A uh, perfect example. Uh, uh, the Life Aquatic by, by Wes Anderson. I forgot you'd come around on that one. Hated that one. Love it now. So it took me three or four watches, and I finally I finally clicked with me. We hadn't talked about that one. I liked that one. I hadn't seen it in like... yeah. 15 years, probably. It's fantastic. Fantastic movie. Anyway, there are several movies I can name, but I actually hope he doesn't like those movies, or at least at one point did not like those movies. It would make sense for him to cancel <laughs> Keaton's Batman in The Flash if that was his take. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because we know he came in, it was supposed to be Keaton who got out of that car and came up to, to Ezra, and instead it was Clooney. So we know that he had that changed. Because they had they had a whole plan to have Keaton in a bunch of shit, but yeah. the reason I hope that he, you know is true and that this was him is it means my God we will finally get something new instead of regurgitated nostalgia. I do not need to see Brian Singer's Superman Returns. I don't want to see them trying to breathe life into a dead interpretation. Uh, so I want to see something new. I want to see something fresh. I know James Gunn is a fan of the comics. I know he is. There's way too much evidence, you know, while you're running around going back in time, 11, 12, 13 years ago, however long you can find and getting all these receipts. You should also be checking out the fact that James Gunn is a huge DC fan because that's very obvious. Uh, And the the funniest part about when I'm saying the wording is weird is it's also worded like someone who gives a shit. Yes. He just sounds like a comic book nerd. He does. like, in a, And it's not a, like a glowing uh, representation of him as someone who should be a leader. Like, I get the criticism there. Like, that that's a shit take. It, not in the sense that it's not right. It's just kind of shitty. So I get it. I get it. That's not necessarily like where you want to put your, uh, your rubles. But it's also from 11 years ago before he knew that he was going to be in charge of any of this shit. I know. But like. It's um, before Marvel. It was for his Marvel shit. I know. And that was in his shock days where he was uh, trying to do a different thing entirely. Yeah. But so I'm not uh, like trying to say something about it, like how he handled his career here. But yeah, like it's, it's, uh, it's the kind of shit take that comes from a place where I could see it. I would just also be a little bit surprised to find out it's, it's real, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not shocked either way. uh, Yeah. I well phrased. But all of these people, man, like I keep seeing this gun hates DC gun hates DC. He hates DC because he didn't like three Batman movies. The comments are so old. Dark Knight Rises wasn't even out. I mean, and in the, the case three- of this, it, we got 89 problematic. We know this is not like a cinema. It knock at it, knock it out of the park. Top 100 AFC films kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's beloved, but it's not that Batman begins. Really good. Strong. Dark Knight, really strong when you watched it. You think about either of those last two or the first one, and holy shit, there's problems. We have yes. covered this extensively. 
there are problems. And I don't think I loved, I, I did love Dark Knight pretty well when I first saw it. Oh, the Dark Knight. I begins, stood up in the theater, motherfucker. I was <laughs> all on that shit. <laughs> Batman Begins, I was pretty mid, honestly. I did not stand up. When I, first I watched it. that as a pirated version, frankly, in college. Yeah. But yeah. like, I, I had no investment in the film. I wasn't, I didn't give a shit about Christian Bale. As Batman, I I didn't care. I watched it and I was like, oh, it's pretty good. I watched it later and thought, oh, it's better. But it also always had the problems that Nolan films have with characters like this. Mm-hmm. Like big phrases that should mean more than they do or uh, misinterpretations of the character that are like, I, I don't even know why you thought you should write this guy. And, and then Dark Knight did the best job of all of them of not doing any of those things. And yet, and then still undercut. It undercut everything in the third movie. But. <laughs> yeah. And the third movie, which we should throw into the fucking ocean. Yeah. So, but here's my biggest issue, though, is like, and this is one of the biggest problems. Oh, wait, we tried to throw it into the ocean. And <laughs> and we still wound up in Italy. Still somehow, somehow. got to um, <laughs> Look, man, this is my biggest problem, though. Okay. And this is the big problem with fandom. Mm-hmm. Those three Batman films do not represent all of DC. God, no. The DC mythology is is rich in varieties of tones and creative visions. Uh, the characters have withstood decades by evolving and shifting with society, getting renewed with changing creative teams and new interpretations. DC is not Nolan. It's not Snyder. It's not Burton or Dini or any one creator. It is all of them. It is a multiversal tapestry, all accessible, ever relevant. I was uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier this week, and he made the comment that I've heard so many freaking times before. Well, DC is more grounded than Marvel, and now they're trying to make it more like Marvel. And that is such a giant misconception. DC predates Marvel, and long before Marvel, they were doing a lot of this shit. But DC has always been gods and demigods and multiverses. And yes, the freaking DC multiverse predates Marvel's existence. I mean, the Fifth dimensional of DCverse, Marvel was basically like gods and aliens. Versus yeah, uh, mutants like they had different origin stories when they started uh, out. Yeah, I mean we've got <laughs> they built we've into got different freaking... things, and there's crossovers for sure. But they built mm-hmm. into different things originally. Yep, but you're you're telling me that like you know imps and old gods, new gods, aliens, dude. It is DC is crazy science fiction. It is epic fantasy, and for decades, one of the selling points Marvel tried to use was we're more grounded because our characters are everyday people who live in real cities instead of Metropolis or Gotham or Paradise Island. How did how did DC fans get it twisted so much that now they think DC is supposed to be the grounded one, but just because you have street-level characters? I mean, Jesus Christ, Marvel has Spider-Man and Daredevil. I mean, okay. It's, <laughs> like, yeah. it just, it's, uh, and it's, it's gotta be shit like <laughs> Nolan. fucking Captain America. Like, 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 let us not forget, let us not forget in our outrage that Gunn might not like Tim Burton's Batman, might not like Christopher Nolan's Batman, so he hates DC. Let us not forget that Tim Burton actively stated he has never and would never read a comic book. Christopher Nolan <laughs> took great pains to remove the DC mythology from his trilogy so it could be more grounded. Mm-hmm. And it's not a knock. But um, I, I say Burton and Nolan perhaps don't hate DC, but they're certainly indifferent. They're certainly indifferent to it. Meanwhile, guns over here skyrocketing sales of comics, like Snyder did. Just saying. Come on. All right, recent film hits all your points. <laughs> the Joker. Uh huh. Very little of that film had anything to do with the actual fucking comics, and yet it all did. All implicit. Yeah. 
But if I had seen that, if DC didn't exist and that film existed, it would be able to exist. No one yeah. would wonder where it came from. It was still made a fucking billion dollars. It, it was just good for the sake of being good. Yeah, eh, billion dollar figures beside the point. A lot of people saw it because it was titled The Joker. But like, it would yeah. still have been a good movie. But one of the beautiful things about it is like the character lends itself to being interpreted in such a way. And all of these, you know, people are still like, and I, I agree. Look, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with Batman. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with the mythology so much. It's not exactly an interpretation of anything we've seen before. No, I mean, the only and, thing it hits very deeply is the Alan Moore multiple choice comment. Yeah. That's the only thing that I think it takes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, as it's like basis as, as square one for the movie. But the same, you know, we literally have Todd Phillips who said, like, I had this idea and I thought if we slap a comic book character over it, it's going to make more money. And he's right. Yeah. Because that movie would not have even been seen. It would be a cult classic. (laughs) Probably. If that. But the beauty of the multiverse in DC, this established creation, is that we can have these kinds of movies and they all count. They all like somewhere in another universe. This happened. You're saying you can put a costume on things, dress it up a different way. Mm-hmm. Crazy talk. I know. <laughs> so it looks like Monolith Productions, who's doing Middle Earth and Wonder Woman, uh, might have multiple DC projects in development. This is a game company. And uh, they have a job posting for an executive producer. And the post states that they will oversee development for multiple projects and must have, quote, DC franchise knowledge. Uh, this isn't a surprise. Gunn has been saying that DC Studios would include games. Yeah, from day one. Yep. Over and over he said that. So nice to see I mean, something not, about that. Not from a time management standpoint, because, oh my God, I do not have yeah. time <laughs> to include yeah, games no. in my life right now. Mm-mm, me either. I, I would prefer no. for something that has, I don't know, 75 hours of gameplay not to be a thing I have to watch or do to, you know, watch a movie, but... It, it, it'll it be like it always is. It'll be like a reference in there. Mm-hmm. I'll probably just watch the uh, little interstitials or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I, w- I hope I get back to being able to play games like I used to be able to on some occasion. Yeah, give it a couple of years. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Let the kid grow up a little bit. Yeah. It was nice before when she was so young that I could just play him and she didn't understand that I was kicking people in the face. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to wait a couple more years. So I can explain that better. Yeah. <laughs> this is an emotional outlet, sweetie. Because <laughs> at four years old, I'd, if I just show her a bunch of people kicking people in the face, uh, that's, uh-huh. that could be something I can't explain. It could be. On the other hand, you show her the Snyder Cut. That was her choice? No, 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 no. <laughs> she, not at her age. That, she doesn't get a. She, she doesn't get. <laughs> she, she wanted to watch it? Look. <laughs> when I was a teenager, she said I was you like, wanted to watch it. I know, like my my youngest sister would sit and play Grand Theft Auto with me. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Three. We killed so many people, <laughs> and I mean, honestly, she grew up to be awesome. So I did, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> I did a thing at work where um, have you you've seen the picture that uh, Evelyn drew for me about uh, like on my birthday where it was like. Uh, some some sort of character, yeah, it was kind of blue it and purpley, was, yeah, and it it 
and I asked her about it, and she was like, it, it has, like, the really crudely, terribly drawn, happy birthday daddy kind of stuff, like, yeah. with backwards letters, the whole thing. Um, like, I'm keeping that shit. It was, it was great. Yeah. But there's, like, it, it looks... It looks a little off on the face, and then there's a little thing on the side that's in somebody's hand on the left side, and uh-huh. like that shit looks like. And she told me, "Hey, I, I I drew your favorite character, the Joker." I was like, oh, "I love the Joker." And then like it looks like she's got Batman's head, or he's he's got Batman's head in his hand. Now, see, that was that was interesting because I, I you told me that the other day, and then I was in your office and I was looking at it. I think it's Joker's face. It looks to me like he 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 ripped off his own face, like in the Snyder Scott Snyder stuff. Oh, I don't think she's ever seen that though. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Well, maybe it is Batman's head or his mask or something. Maybe, but because the head does look deflated, that's what made me think it looked like his face. Possibly, I sh- I, I showed that to a couple people at work, and they were joking about like, well, maybe you shouldn't show her stuff, and and I was like, well, I don't show her violent things, and she, I mean. <laughs> Except I, for the Snyder I cut. forget how they phrased that, but it was like, <laughs> it was like, well, I mean, clearly, clearly you've shown her something about like, like that head's in their hand for a reason. And I was like, I have never shown her a decapitation. Oh my God. Now I'm wrong. Yep. <laughs> I'm wrong. Uh-huh. But it didn't look like that. <laughs> but that little girl has watched uh, Steppenwolf get his fucking horns haunched down a couple times. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, David Ayer was on John Bernthal's Real Ones podcast and uh, was talking about some stuff, talking about the Suicide Squad. He says, Hollywood, I tell people, is like watching someone you love get fucked by someone you hate. (laughs) The big one is Suicide Squad. That shit broke me. That handed me my ass. Come right off Fury, right? I had the town in my hand. Could have done anything. And I did do anything. And I go on this journey with Suicide Squad. And the same thing, authentic, truthful, let's do all the rehearsal, let's really get into each other's souls, let's create this amazing collaborative thing. And then Deadpool opened, and they never tested BV, uh, Batman v Superman, so they were expecting a different result, and then they got hammered by all the critics. Then it's like, okay, we're going to turn David Ayer's dark, soulful movie, movie into a fucking comedy now. And a lot of people have, have kind of been shitting on, on Ayer. Like, honestly, Twix is crazy right now, people just coming at David Ayer like mad. And but I understand. Like he wants to he wants his shit to be seen. Uh yeah, so I'm not mad him. about it. I'm, and he's owned all of his mistakes, you know? Like but people are still mad like, "Oh, when you when it came out, you said it was your cut." No, he had to. He had to. I, he was under contract too. He did. You're I'm I'm going to give him a free pass on that. That's all. If you if you want to know what happens when you ignore that contract and you ignore the ndas look at what happened to josh trank with fantastic four yeah uh but he did give an update on the air cut he says i talked to james gunn and they got their own they're trying to figure that whole mess out and you know it's possible but they want to get some scores on the board first perfectly reasonable yet another reason people say that gunn lied because apparently he promised this cut would come out and he didn't don't remember him ever promising that was a thing no he never did we covered this shit on a weekly to semi-weekly basis. <laughs> he never said that shit. He never said, I promise David Ayer's Suicide Squad is going to be out. It has been the same story. Ayer has said, he said months ago, let the guy get some Windsor under his belt. Let him like get some shit out and establish some of their own stuff before they put start putting out director's cuts of old stuff. 
God, I think the most guns ever said about Ayer is basically, yeah, I like the guy. Like, he can't say much more and yeah. <laughs> in that well, heated environment. They've both been very, very supportive of each other, and they've both said they're friends. I mean, but it's, it's the same with, you know, the fact that Gunn and Snyder say that they're friends. They both agree that they're friends. They're buddies. And uh, and just if you don't want to believe that, if you hate James Gunn so much, you're just you're just saying, well, Snyder's being polite. Ayer's being polite to get what they want. Okay. That's fine. I'm not even saying you're wrong. It's Hollywood, but probably in this yeah, case. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I prefer to think they were friends unless something comes out. And then I'll be like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Guess they weren't. <laughs> in that case. It's Hollywood in this case. Yeah. Uh, so, the, by the way, The Flash is extremely, uh, officially streaming on Max. It's so funny to me. It's so funny to me that, you know, it's been doing so well. It's the number one bestseller on 4K Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did. It was like the number one streaming thing when it came out. Like, some. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen with these things. Who knows, man? Ezra might be back. You know, we sitting there going, oh, it's a flop. Okay. We'll see. We don't know that. Yeah. I'll tell you this. The Every place I went to, the Flash action figures from McFarlane were pretty well sold out. <laughs> I know that's not an indicator. That's anecdotal at best. But I mean, the only uh, Funko Pop I actually own is Flash. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the, it was the, cute, the, to be fair, it, it was, uh, the flash 4k edition on sale, August 29th. It's the number one bestseller in fantasy Blu-ray discs on Amazon in second place, the flash Blu-ray. Nice. Uh, Here we are again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can get the 4k still book pre-ordered. Well, as of today, as of today, you can go just go buy it in the store. Yeah. Um, 4k Blu-ray digital copy. That'll be twenty nine ninety six on Amazon exclusive packaging with collectible art cards is available on Blu-ray at target priced at twenty six ninety nine. while the flash icon edition housed in a three layer digipack is offered exclusively at Walmart for thirty four ninety six. And we have, um, we have news on the Titans season four and the complete series release date. That is uh, October 17th. Mm. So there's that. I can get behind that. I am more interested in the uh, second half of another series. Doom Patrol? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, when am I getting but, it, bitch? You know, when am I getting it? But, you know, the fourth season of Titans has that... Uh, they they brought together a bunch of TV stuff for the first time since Christ's Son of Infinite Earths. They had uh, a big multiverse scene that had cameos from The Flash, played by Grant Gustin, Stargirl, Brett Basinger, Shazam, mm-hmm. Zachary Levi... And, of course, Grant Morrison playing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, also, hilariously, Grant Gustin didn't know he was in it. <laughs> <laughs> People started asking him questions, but he's like, I, I, I didn't do that. They just threw in some stuff. I don't know. Um, you sold your image, you asshole. That actually speaking, feels very Raven, now that I say it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of The Flash, mm-hmm. final season and the complete series, that is also coming to Blu-ray today. Yay! Blu-ray and DVD. Will feature all 13 final episodes of The Flash, along with a number of special features, including several deleted scenes, a ni- season nine gag reel, and a special featurette, The Flash, the saga of the Scarlet Speedster. Nice. It will retail for $19.99 on DVD, $24.95 on Blu-ray. And the complete series will retail for $119.99 on DVD and $149.99 on Blu-ray. Uh, I was going to get into some feedback, but we've run really long. And I think, well, I'll save it for next week because it's the 700th episode. Oh. What yeah. do you think? No, I can make that. Okay. 
Well, you can dig doing feedback now, or you can do wait. You want to wait till next week? Even the next week, unless it's like deeply relevant to here. It's not. (laughs) Not terribly, but you guys, if you know, unless like question one is, what did you think about the Blue Beetle second week numbers? Yeah, I mean, I think we had Andre Sparks say that he liked Blue Beetle and thought it was a good movie. Mm, Yeah. Well, we'll still mention it next week, buddy. But you know what? We will mention it next week. Uh, there, we did have so a couple of questions, which means you know what? We're going to do a Q and A. How about a Q and A on episode seven hundred? Sounds good. You guys send us all of your your questions. We'll answer them, and if we don't have them, we'll just talk some bullshit until the show's over. <laughs> I think at the beginning of this episode, we basically said, "Well, we'll talk about what we can do," and uh-huh. I guess and and how we're in some change. <laughs> You've been like, "Well, this is what we're going to try." This is running long. Let's push the feedback to next yeah. week. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Q and A, guys, send us some uh, send us some questions or comments. It is our 700th episode coming up. Uh, so yeah. Oh, if you got stuff to say, niceties, uh, or just basic questions about who the hell we even are why we're doing this, why the hell we've been doing this for so damn long. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll try to answer, but sometimes I, d- I wonder myself. <laughs> and um, by the way, if you'd uh, like to help support the show, you can always leave us a uh, good starred, five-starred review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can actually leave us a written review as well, telling people, check this out. What the hell's wrong with you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, of course, the best way to support the show is through Patreon, patreon.com slash DC on screen. By the way, some of our patrons, uh, you know, are, are we just had a patron who uh, is getting a free book. Just a free book because Jason didn't want his book anymore. Uh, yeah. I have another copy so, and just we're, yeah. we're here now. So sometimes patrons just get free shit. <laughs> yeah it's also true you never know very rare <laughs> it's very rare but i mean that being said I, there's been a lot of free books handed out over the years of uh just you know ratings lottery kind of thing or yeah actually you know what you you sent me a picture of a book that you want to get rid of another book you want to get rid of and uh, i haven't no, posted I have it another yet. uh yeah i have another thing i just have an extra of so yeah so um yeah, that's and that's usually open to all patrons, though either the one dollar tier or the five dollar tier, and uh, yeah, come check us out, man. Patreon.com/slash DC on screen really helps to get us going. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com/slash DC on screen. I don't. I'm I'm done. No, I like it. We'll we'll you know mnemonic. We'll do a song for it. Uh huh. <laughs> Patreon.com help us. Come on. We make promises that we cannot keep. Because <laughs> but our love for you is so deep. Yes. We're there. We got this. We want to make more, but Jason has a kid. <laughs> How do you rhyme with kid? <laughs> I wish I could be And my ADHD makes my brain shit. Sorry. What? <laughs> what did you say? I said my ADHD brain makes me shit or something. I don't Actually, they both make sense. I said I want to be more more there, but that ain't it. No, yeah. I, I think mine was my ADHD makes my brain shit, yeah, I think, yeah, is what yeah, I said. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, that's it. That's we all we got for this episode. And we're done here. Time for Jason to go upstairs and have a beer. Ah? Mm, yeah, that sounds good. Ah? Ah. I don't know if we can be seen, but... 
I have your cuter up here, man. <laughs> Got your cuter up. You ready? You ready? What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? I forgot. <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> I think I said it. Oh, fuck. I forgot. Let me try. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, for the love of God. Uh, the point was... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me let me just roll this out uh-huh. as best I can. Let's just fuck okay. it all. All right. So uh, <clears throat> I, I hope we're here so that we can be seen. Keep some DC on your screen. Oh, you brought it home. Get the fuck out of here. Stop recording. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hey, thanks for listening to DC on screen. Our theme song is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford of Galactic Engineers. The incidental music is by Michael Shackelford and Kevin McLeod. You can rate the show on Spotify or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Doing that really helps push our show to new listeners, so your help would be much appreciated. You can also contact the show at DC on Screen on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or email us at dconscreen at gmail.com. To become a patron and get ad-free episodes and exclusive content, go to patreon.com slash dconscreen. Your reviews and feedback may end up on a future episode of DC on Screen. DC on Screen is a production of maladjusted.tv in association with Stranded panda if you haven't already please be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify or whatever damn platform you use hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.